This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. and Odyssey Insider Cody Decker. It's been another big time week here in Major League Baseball and where are you going to get your information? None other than right here on Odyssey Sports Big Time Baseball. Hello everybody, I'm Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio and with me as always talking about everything about the game we love, Tony Gwynn Jr. Tony, how you been this last week, man? Cody, I am good. I am also happy to be in a nice little all-star break, a few days off, but uh, always love to talk some baseball with you, my man. Oh, I can't wait. Well, let's just get right to it. The first half is finally over. We had our initial predictions on what we expected the season to be, but looking at where we're at right now, where were we right, where were we wrong, and who are the teams that really surprised us? Because I'm looking throughout the entire Major League Baseball. Look at these first-place teams and just hear them out. Hear them out, and let's see who you thought yes. I'm just going to name a team. You go yes or no. Ready? Yeah. Red Sox. No. Absolutely no. (laughs) Absolutely no. Oh, my goodness. I was so wrong about the Red Sox. And remember, we talked about this. We can't pretend it's not real anymore. Yeah, no, we can't. Um, I think both you and I thought early on this was a fugazi. It was not going to be real. But uh, that's exactly what they've turned out to be. And, and they've done some impre- pretty impressive things during the course of the season at this point. I mean, um, they got their young guys going. Bogarts is, is having another fantastic year. And listen, I, I think when it's all said and done, Alex Cora has to get a bunch of credit, right? This team, uh, by in large part, uh, really minus some big pieces. They moved some big pieces since the last time Alex, Alex Cora was the manager there. And all of a sudden, they place him back in the fold, and this team is sitting atop the, the American League East. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Um, I think to this point, they've they've stacked up enough wins where you have to believe it's real. They've taken out the top, the two best teams in that division on, the, on more than one occasion. So, yeah, it's real. But I, I would be lying if I had if I said I had any clue that it was going to be anywhere near as good as they are this year. I thought they were going to be in the cellar. You said it right there. Alex Cora, this is going to piss off every Dodger fan in the (laughs) world. But Alex Cora deserves to be manager of the year. Look what he has done with this team. We all thought it was going to be in the cellar. Just the worst team in the American League East. They have been unbelievable. I mean, you also mentioned the last time you managed this team. Look who he had on that team. He had a completely different outfield. His entire outfield that he had that he won World Series with 
They're yeah. not there anymore. You got Ben attending in Kansas City. You got bets in LA. You got um, um Bradley in Milwaukee. Bradley in Milwaukee. You had those yeah. are three like all-star outfielders that he doesn't have, and he still has a better team than he did then. Verdugo playing out of his mind. Guys like uh Hunter Renfro. Well, Hunter Renfro's having go. a hell of a year. Go. Yeah, there like it's go. just look at look at this team. Just they're exciting to watch, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna feel as comfortable about them in the second half going forward, because you know the Rays are gonna be there. And just in case, you never know if the Yankees really decide to start playing like the Yankees again. That's that's also very true. They're they're gonna be in the same category as as Giants. I mean, yes, they're real at this point. Can they sustain it and hold off the rest of the division? I think we it's gonna take a second half to to figure it out. And um I just think the Red Sox at this point, much like the Giants, um, and you, you can attest to this, Cody, when you played a year and you're maybe not expected to be a very good team and you guys have played, you know, this many games over 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 81 games at this point, up closer to 90 games at this point. Everybody in that locker room is believing that you are that good. So it's going to be tough to to knock them off that pedestal. Uh, will they be able to sustain it? Because I think you bring up a really good point. You just the Yankees are talented enough to where. They could get hot and be a very, very dangerous team to have to deal with, especially on the offensive side. It hasn't been that way yet. They've showed us no sign that it's going to end up that way, but it still is a wild card in that American League East um, as we come down the stretch. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, you mentioned the Giants. Here's another team. Yes or no. Did you expect this? The Giants. Now, they're they're not like an absolute no, but if you're asking me if I expect them to be leading the division, it would be an absolute no. Like yeah, I, I, I did think, not expect I, it either. I think you and I both agree that, you know, if you watched this team enough last year, you knew that they had some dog in them, like they were going to go out and compete. Did you think that Gosman would be the pitcher he's been this year? Discafani has been the pitcher he's been? No, I don't think anybody expected it. The offensive, uh, you know, I think I think they got shirts now that say "Let the old guys play." Uh, all of them are playing well, and to their credit, they bought into some of the things that this organization was doing, and it's it's helped them um, have some uh, have a better season. I think they, to me, could be more likely to sustain it, uh, maybe more than the Red Sox. And I say that because of those veterans. If they continue to play like this, there's no reason why the Giants offensively can't continue to score runs and, and continue to beat teams. Because at this point, the pitching has been pretty good. And even when it hasn't, the offense has picked them up. So uh, I, I had them as a definite no. I shouldn't say a definite no. I had them as a no. I didn't think they would be winning this division. But here they are playing some really, really good baseball. And they don't seem to be letting up. Yeah, I expected them to be in the top three. I expected them to be in the hunt yeah. for that wild card. But to, to be in the top of that division with the Dodgers and Padres in that same division, I, I would have said never in a million years would this take place, but look at them. They just won't stop. And I, and then that's by me saying that that's just how good I think the Dodgers and Padres are not how not good. I think the giants, right. are. the giants are incredible. I just think the Dodgers and Padres are on their own level, but they haven't quite shown it yet, but they've shown glimpses of it. Both teams. They've shown that they are in the top five best in major league baseball but they haven't quite gone over that hump that is the San Francisco Giants, which I did not see coming. Uh, look at throughout the rest of the league. I mean, the Central in both divisions, I think we can both uh, agree we kind of expected it a little bit. Not only did we expect it, 
I don't see any signs of them holding, uh, letting up. Not to mention, I don't even think the trade deadline is going to matter for the White Sox and the Brewers. Those two divi- teams are going to run away with these divisions. In fact, they really already have. They, isn't, it, isn't it crazy how much the divisions mirror one another? I mean, you, you have the clear standout right now, which is the Brewers in the, in the National League Central, and it's the White Sox in the American League Central. And then everybody else behind them is is – as, as, a, as a nice distance behind them mm-hmm. in the American League, in American League Central, it's even further. I mean, the, the the White Sox are leading by eight games. The next closest team is Cleveland. Uh, I think both you and I agree that the White Sox, and I think you said this best, they could have gotten anybody to manage them, and they still would have been in the same spot they are. But uh, the fact that it's Tony Russa, I think, um, just only shows that this team is is for real. And on, on the National League side with the Brewers. They've come on as of late, and, and that's kind of coincided with the Cubs doing what I think that organization kind of wanted them to do, which was not necessarily be that good. So it'd be easy to kind of you know go into sell mode and kind of revamp this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Cubs have the Cubs have gladly obliged, and now they are sitting eight games back after leading that division at one time. It was maybe three weeks ago. You and I were talking about this about this team. Maybe being a U Darvish away from uh, being a, a real, real contender. And here we are three weeks later and they're eight out and they seemingly are torpedoing in the wrong direction. It was legitimately 14 days ago that this team was only one game back of first place. And we're just, what, three days out of throwing a no-hitter. And then right. they just started the worst timing ever of a 10. Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Cub fans, <laughs> worst timing ever. If you ask right. the Cubs front office and Theo and Jed Hoyer, the greatest timing ever because right. they needed they needed to make a decision whether or not they were going to be big buyers or sellers. And clearly they're sellers and they got some pieces. And quite frankly, they got the most coveted pieces of this upcoming uh, trade deadline. I'm immediately looking at Kimbrell. I look at Bryant. You know, a lot of these teams <clears throat> that we're mentioning right now that are in first place are going to be affected by those two players drastically and I'm not even saying that they land these players I'm thinking that teams in the league need to land these players just so one of these teams don't and the team I'm looking at right now is in New York the Mets the Mets need a bat badly specifically a right-handed bat that can play third base Chris Bryant is the perfect fit perfect fit so much so that Chris Bryant is already prepared to play for the Mets that he went ahead and banged up his hamstring last week just to get ready it's just like he knows he's a Met he already knows it it's perfect but I look at the Nats and the Nationals over in Washington they need to get their hands on Bryant just so the Mets don't I look at the Mets as being the one team in first place that might be the least stable team right now yeah, listen, uh, that National League East is is a doozy. We just, I, 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 you know, we just saw both the Phillies and Nationals, and you could very easily see how they could win that division. You can very easily see how they would fall out of that division on both sides. You're right. Uh, Washington could use a bat like Chris Bryant. He would be a huge addition to what is already a pretty stellar top of the lineup with Trey Turner and Juan Soto really kind of getting the party started at the top. You get a guy like that in the middle to go behind Bell. All of a sudden, whew, you got to you got to get through some 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 tough bats there. Uh, I think their pitching is going to get healthier. I think Strasburg was throwing a live BP when they were out here in San Diego, so he's getting closer. You're going to be able to add him to the mix, um, and that's always a dangerous uh, a 
a dangerous proposition. Corbin looked good in his last start against the Padres. I know he's been a little bit inconsistent. The Mets, though, um, if they can get that Bryant piece, I think they they have a chance to run away with the division. I mean, they're three and a half up, and they're playing decent baseball. Everybody else in the division is playing uh, 500 baseball. At the at at best, they're playing 500 baseball. So uh, that division is going to be the division I think we're watching um, just as closely as we're po- watching possibly the top of the National League West. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the Mets desperately need something. I don't think they need more arms, although they could definitely no. use another bullpen arm. Uh, no, everybody, I think, in baseball would right. agree that they could use a bullpen arm. Uh, um, real quick, but they real quick, going, real quick, going back to the Cubs, real quick. They possibly have saved the entire trade market because of the uh, amount of, of players they have to offer. Because as you and I talked about, it was going to be a tough market to. Uh, go in as a buyer because there's going to be a whole bunch of y'all in the market. But mm-hmm. now with now with the Cubs being so, you know, having plummeted, basically, um, that opens the door for them to have one, two, three, four. Who knows how many pieces they actually decide to move on um, because, you know, the rest of those guys are free agents at the end of the year. Or do they want to go into the offseason with a new collector's bargain agreement on their backs or coming around the corner, hopefully, um, and, and – and go and roll the dice and bring those guys back. My guess is that they're not is that they're going to want to move those guys and get what they can for them now. And so uh, being that they have the most pieces to offer, they can probably drive the price up a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of pieces there and, and look throughout that entire Cubs lineup and entire club Cubs franchise. The pieces are there and they can even they've even hinted that they'd be willing to do the Chapman thing. And when I say the Chapman thing, as in trade away someone like an Anthony Rizzo and get him back in the offseason and sign him to a multi-year deal. I can totally see them doing something like that. But there's yeah. a lot of needs out there. Specifically, I know this is not likely and I don't think the, the Cubs would do it. But Wilson Contreras is a guy that has another year of uh, of control. So he's got a guy that could be a hell of a piece for someone, say, like the Chicago White Sox, who have multiple injuries and Grandall out for the foreseeable future. I think that the Cubs have more pieces than they even realize. Um, we're going through all these teams in first place right now. There's one team I didn't mention. And the reason why I didn't mention them is because it brings up the next question of these teams that we're mentioning in first place. If you had to pick one of these teams to win the world series, where are you most confidently putting your money? And I will tell you right away, one place for me. And it's the one first place team I didn't mention. And it's because of the trade deadline, because if this team lands another bat, I do not understand how anyone could beat the Houston Astros. I think the Astros are the scariest team in baseball and look throughout the league. We mentioned the Cubs who are sellers. You know, there's another team that's going to be sellers, the Minnesota twins and the Minnesota twins have bats to offer. Can you imagine a Nelson Cruz added to that lineup right now? No, I can't. They already have the best offense in the game, in my opinion. I mean, and this is, I mean, they've been doing this without Bregman for the last, you know, three, four weeks. So uh, that team is, that team is, is a problem. And they could add a bat. They need an arm. They need mm-hmm. a couple arms out of that bullpen is what they need. But I guess you can go with the idea that, you know, we score enough in the playoffs, we got a chance to win. Um, I It's hard to imagine Nelson Cruz being in that lineup as Ugh. good as that lineup is. It would it would be murderer's row, really, one through one through nine. You'd have you'd have issues getting through it. Um, but I, I, when I look at that team and I see the kind of offense they already have, yes, it would be a nice bonus to have a, a, a bat like that, 
but they desperately need bullpen arms if they're going to be real contenders for a World Series. We're talking about, I think they'll win the division. I, I do. They're, they're that good. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with Verlander down the stretch, if he's going to be able to make it back or not. But uh, I think they need arms uh, out of that bullpen. They need some some experienced arms out of that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're running out basically young guys all the time, and they're doing a decent job. But there's nights where or there's street. I should say there's weeks where they have bad weeks as they try to navigate their this this major league season. I almost feel bad for all the Dodger fans out there that listen to this podcast because I'm giving you cold sweats. I'm suggesting that the <laughs> Astros are going to win the World Series and that Alex Cora <laughs> over it is going to win Manager of the Year. Sorry, LA. It's just the fact. These guys are really, really, really good. Yeah, uh, no, you know, looking up and down that these leagues that we're talking about the teams in first place, who are the second and third place teams that you really think are ready to make a run? For me, I think the obvious answer is either the Dodgers or the Padres. I think they're just the two best teams in baseball uh, that just are not currently in first place. And what's amazing is they're the two best teams in the baseball. And I don't think and obviously one of them can't be in first place. Right. Yeah. And in that division, there's a chance that both of them don't end up in first place, but also end up in the playoffs. The National League mm-hmm. West is setting the pace in terms of playoffs and how many wins you're going to need to get in, whether it's through the division or through it's the wild card. I think it runs through the National League West. I agree. Both of those teams are still, in my opinion, the better teams. If we're going to pick a second or third place team, it would be one of those two teams. You can maybe throw the Rays in there as an outside chance. They are basically a machine that just runs guys through it and they get what they need. Um, I, I can't buy the A's in terms of World Series. They just haven't proved that they can get past the first round. Uh, the Phillies bullpen is atrocious. I've seen that on uh, with my own uh, eyes. I don't know what to make of the Reds. They are uh, inconsistent. You know, they their offense. You know, you got uh, my man Winker and Castellanos doing their thing. Uh, I like the young kid India. He's he seems like he's going to be a, a really good player down the line. Uh, but you don't know what you're getting from their pitching. You don't know what you're going to get from the bullpen. Um, if they all start p- being more consistent, um, they get, they got a chance to get in the wild card, but I, I just don't see anybody beating either the Dodgers or the Padres in terms of wins and getting that wild card spot. I think there's, the National League West is going to get three teams. I think when it's all said and done, it's incredible. We're going to, we have a potential in one division to have three teams with over a hundred wins and two of them are going to have to be wild cards. That's just insane <laughs> right. to me. It's just crazy. It's it's that's just how great that division is. I, I and it's must watch TV every single game yeah. in the National League West. Like you can't skip it. You have to watch them. They're they're that entertaining. And it's it's like watching a playoff game every single night with these teams. It's it's something else. I've, I've never I don't remember ever seeing a division with that much parody yet that much power and when right. i say that you know when you see guys that are a league with more parity you see guys oh well yeah that team's got 43 wins 46 wins at the half a uh, bunch of teams that are above 500 these are two team these are three teams that are on pace for over a hundred wins in yeah, the same mean, division they're they are top heavy for sure yeah you know because the rock for as good as the giants dodgers padres are the rockies and diamondbacks are, are pretty bad I mean, the, the the Rockies, they just beat the Padres two and three here in San Diego on the road. Prior to that series, they had seven wins on the road all year long. Just, I mean, the worst road record in all of baseball. So uh, 
I think that's kind of what is going on here. The two bottom teams are really bad. The three top teams are really good. And they pretty much take advantage for the most part of those teams at the bottom. But you're right. This is uh, this is the type of stuff that, that, that sparks conversations that gives rules change in terms of how playoffs work. And, you know, you got three 100-team wins in one division. They're both wild. Two of them are wild cards. And that's just the breaks. And you got a team in the in the national or in the, in the National League East with, you know, maybe we'll finish with a 90 wins and they'll win their division. And it's just kind of one of those years this year in terms of the National League West and the rest of these uh, divisions. It immediately makes me think of the year 2005. And why I say 2005 is the Padres won the National League West. Uh, they won the National League West, however, with of exactly 500 uh, <laughs> record, exactly 500, where there were teams, you know, with 94 wins that didn't make playoffs that year. And I remember John Crook on Baseball Tonight even saying, I don't think a team from the National League West should even be in the playoffs. And I can't I remember saying this, but I thought he was right. <laughs> I remember that. That was that was the year, as you said, they, they finished 500. They got into the playoffs and it just it just didn't feel right because uh, that whole the whole division was was pretty bad that year. Uh, but that's kind of where the National League East is right now. And uh, I don't know if we'll be saying the same thing because they have so much star. But that was the other thing about that Padre team. It wasn't a whole bunch of stars on there. So it was easy to kind of dismiss them uh, at that with that 500 record. But uh, it'll be hard to do that for the likes of, uh, of these National League East teams because there's a lot of star power in there. So people will want to tune in and watch them play no matter who ends up getting in. But uh, you're absolutely right. It does remind you a little bit of 05. Um, I'm, and also looking, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. We talked about how it is the all-star break. You are actually able, Tony, to give yourself an actual breath, which is nice because I feel yes. like you are arguably one of the hardest working guys in baseball and no one even realizes you're just constantly <laughs> going and going and going. Thank it's you. It's pretty sir. impressive. Um, but right now you're looking at the all-star break. We saw some people opt out of the all-star game. We talked about Jacob deGrom, but I actually, I loved it. I personally think it was the right thing for him to do. Jacob deGrom, he's come out of games early this year. And then he immediately put out there that Taiwan Walker should take his place, which I agreed with. Taiwan Walker yep. was deserving to be an all-star and he's there, which is awesome. But then it led to more guys like Altuve and Correa and then more guys and more guys. And to the point where, the all-star team doesn't quite look like the same all-star team anymore. Like right now in the National League, we have four starters coming from both the Cincinnati Reds and Pittsburgh Pirates, but only one starter from the Dodgers. But that's just a fascinating little entryway into the all-star game. But it's, it's crazy. just one of those things that I look yeah. at this. Is this a good thing, players opting out? You see, as us both being players, I think we both see both sides. I totally see the whole concept of, taking the break you need the break for your team for your health for your sanity go see your family maybe go home for a couple of days uh you know that is something that really does recharge the batteries for a lot of guys however you might not ever get a chance to go to a major league all-star game again i don't understand ever giving up that opportunity yeah no i'm I'm torn on this one, man, because as a kid, I got to I got to go with my dad to quite a few of those all star games. And um, for those who got a chance to see my dad play, you knew, it, it, especially towards the back end of his career, he was pretty much always hurt going into an all star game. And unless he just couldn't move, he played in those all star games. He traveled. He went through all of the the because, uh, listen, the reality is. For the guys who go to the All-Star game, that is a heavy, heavy week. Like, you are not 
It's not like it's not like you're showing up just going to the field, taking some BP, and then you're playing the game. No, no, no. It, it is uh, a, a lot required for the of these all stars. They sign thousands of autographs. They have to go to these. They go to they just, just it, the weekend's full for them. Is my point. And so it's not a vacation by any means. And you got family there. You got a whole. But ultimately, it is an honor and a privilege to be chosen by the fans, or in some cases by players. Uh, the, your your fellow players in the league. And I think in some regards, you owe it to them to be there. Like, I get you want the rest. Everybody wants to rest. But, you know, this is what you signed up for. When you're a great player, uh, an all-star caliber player, this is something that comes along with it. Now, that being said, I'm, I'm on board with the guys who've had injury, been on the IL a few times, been battling things. I'm all for that. And that makes sense. And we also got to take into account how different we view um, team sports now, right? I mean, some fan bases will feel some type of way if you go out in an all-star game, get hurt, and aren't there to help your team down the stretch. Like, you will get backlash from that. I'm sure that's on on some guys' minds. Uh, Organizations feel differently about it. They're a little more, I don't want to say pushy, but they're more vocal about, hey, maybe you should – you know, take this time off. We think it's best that you do that. Now they won't force a guy to do it, but I'm certainly sure they make uh, their 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 mind known. And not only that, the money is different now, right? I mean, these guys are getting paid millions and millions of dollars by these organizations to go out and help win a title, and that is kind of the expectation. So I understand the guys who are hurt and lit- and 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 have struggled to stay healthy or have had some issues during the year. The guys I don't understand are the ones that you know that have been playing up until this point, haven't had any issues and now they're backing out. That one I I have a little bit harder time swallowing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that kind of I understand. But here's the thing, I wouldn't have a problem with a player say getting selected for the All-Star team Mm-hmm. But going to the All Star, absolutely taking, taking part in the pageantry and not playing. See, that makes way more sense to me. If Altuve and Correa are there on the field for the home run derby, enjoying themselves, yes, right. it's basically a work week. But I do think that they should be there. I, should I just, show up, yeah. 100%. I, it's a, also keep in mind, yeah, you got to do a lot of autographs, you got to do a lot of signing. Let's not pretend those guys aren't drinking their faces off and partying too. <laughs> they're having, they're having a good time. Listen. Here's the thing, uh, 99, uh, everybody remembers my dad taking out uh, or, or, or helping uh, Ted Williams throw out the first pitch in that Boston All-Star game. It was a pretty big moment. Um, he was elected as a starter that year. Could not play, but he showed up. And I think that's ultimately the least you can do is just show up. Even if you're not going to play, um, you can get your rest and still be a part of the festivities you were you were voted in i think it's part of your duty to show up at the very least i get not playing but not showing up i just i just have an issue with that that i completely agree with it just makes to me it makes no sense yeah of course you want to go to disneyland with your wife for a couple of for a day but guys I think I think Coors Field is Disneyland. Let's go to Disneyland or right. Coors Field. That would be sweet. <laughs> I mean, that's what All Star Week it is. All Star Week is is they basically make it like a 
a big Disneyland wherever you are. They got all kinds of things you can do there and enjoy yourselves. I mean, like, keep in mind, I was never in a major league all star game. I wasn't that good, but I did play in a triple A all star game. And I got to tell you, it was the most, arguably the most fun I ever had in my life that whole week in Omaha, Nebraska, getting ready for the triple A all star game. I was a starter. It was awesome. The pageant, I felt like a star. It was the only right. time in my ever career I felt like I made it, even though I know this is just a triple A all star game. Hey, I can attest to that i mean i never made a big league all-star but i made one in i made one in triple a uh in toledo and i remember going and feeling like man this is this is it man like they're treating us like royalty out here and i mean who doesn't want to experience that i get you know you've done it a few times and maybe it's the, the feeling's not quite the same you still have an obligation to show up i think at least yeah. that's just how i feel about it you know who's going to show up every year no matter what because he's got to collect his crown, and that is Pete Alonzo. That guy, uh, I, in my opinion, I think the home run derby should change going forward. And hear me out on this real quick. I okay. think from now on, there should be a throne behind home plate that Pete Alonzo sits in, that he's constantly fed grapes and fanned at all times, and he just <laughs> has a microphone, and he gets to shout insults to everybody that hits a home run, like Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> like somebody hits a home run, you just hear pathetic just it'd be perfect he's the final boss from now on because at this point the guy's never lost a home run derby yeah and i don't see him losing anytime soon i mean i I think you said it before we came on this dude was miss hitting balls and hitting him 480 and it was like easy light work for him i thought he would fatigue i'm not gonna lie i thought mancini's idea to just get off as many swings as possible as quick as possible was a great idea. And I didn't think Pete Alonzo would be able to keep that pace. But not only did he keep up the pace, it seemed like he took his time the whole time while he was getting to the final number that he needed to get to. He ends up getting there in the bonus uh, time. It was uh, That was one of the better home run derbies I've seen. And I I've, I've, I was locked in from start to finish on that one. Couldn't take my eyes off the screen. The, the swing off between Otani and Soto was... Just, I was having a panic attack watching that. And then watching Soto with just ice water in his veins, three yeah. home runs in a row on the on the swing. Off. It was just the coolest. From beginning to the end, Major League Baseball has really done something really special with that home run derby. But I will tell you this, yesterday, just to try, because I did participate in the home run derby, but it was the old rules of the home run derby. The new rules with the timing thing, I will tell you, is extremely hard. How do I know that? I went to my facility yesterday in El Paso, Texas, and I tried it. I Literally, we set up the machine. <laughs> I set up the hit tracks for Home Run Derby. Two minutes. I get a 30-second break. I was gassed. And I'm in really good shape right now. And I was gassed. It's hard, man. And I'm not in the type of altitude that they were in in Denver. Right. right. Yeah, that's the part that was tripping me out, Cody, was that I've I've taken just BP in Denver. That is that it, to, to do what they were doing at max effort with a time clock over your head. I thought it, they all were extremely impressive, extremely impressive. Although I must say, I kind of thought Otani's night would end the way it did, where he would run out of gas. I mean, from what I hear, he doesn't even take BP that often during the season. So to get into a, 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 a on a stage like that and you're, you know, in altitude, and I, I could see him running out of gas. And I'm not so sure it won't have an effect when they actually play the game because yeah. uh, this is a long weekend for him. It is he has never done anything like this um, at the big league level. I, I think it may have some effect on the start. We'll see. 
Yes, it might. And I'm excited to see it, though. But, you know, we're bringing up Otani. It brings up the next topic real quick. Who are we most excited to look at this second half? And I think anybody who doesn't say the name Shohei Otani is only lying to themselves. I want to see how he bounces back from the second half, from this all-star game, from this home run derby. Again, you mentioned he was gassed at the home run derby. What is he going to do in the home? What is he going to do in the all-star game? How gassed is going to be after that? How is he going to go into his second half? You know, we've talked about home run derbies before harming players swings, even as many, somebody as amazing at home run derbies as Ken Griffey Jr. Opted out of them because he says it hurts his swing. You know, that was something he said, what, like, 1998 that's just how will his swing continue to grow through the second half will he get to this milestone of 60 home runs that he's on pace for or will he go the exact opposite direction I don't know but I'm excited to find out ironically that did uh, I think Griffey won the home run derby in Colorado in 1998 that was last year I think he did it um I think you're right Shohei is clearly at the top of the list I'll be watching Fernando Tatis Jr. This guy's got a, a legitimate chance at 30-30, maybe even 40-40. That's Ooh. how good he's been this year. I mean, he's got a ways to go in bags. I think he's at 27 and 20 right now. He's I think he, he he's gonna get to 30-30, I think. And if he can get to that 40-40 number, he's got to turn the gas up on on uh, on stolen bases. I don't he's well within range to get to 40 homers. Um, as long as he's healthy. I'll be watching those two guys as hard as I'm watching anybody in baseball uh, in the second half of the season. Going, keeping on that tall topic of the second half, we got the trade deadline coming up. Who are you most excited to see move? For me, it's two names. It's Chris Bryant, Craig Kimbrell. Bryant, I see him going to the Mets or possibly the Nats. However, Kimbrell. There is not a single bullpen in Major League Baseball I cannot see benefiting from Craig Kimbrell being added to their staff. I got to assume there's going to be a dogfight for Craig Kimbrell, and the Cubs are just sitting here just gleefully waiting for the prospects to come in because I can't imagine the Dodgers letting the Padres get their hands on Kimbrell. I can't imagine the Padres letting the the Dodgers get their hands on Kimbrell, and I can't imagine either team allowing the Giants to get their hands on Kimbrell. I cannot wait to see what's about to happen. It's going to be a dog. It's going to be a dog fight, and there will be. This will be the first year in a while where we see some some blocking trades where team will acquire guys just to block somebody else from getting them. I think we'll for sure see it. Uh, I agree. Those are the two names. Ever since the Cubs lost that 10 straight, these are the two guys I've been focusing on on most because I think, A, those are the two guys the Cubs are going to get the most for. If you throw Contreras in there, he may be the other one. But Kimbrell and Bryant are going to be the two guys that covet the most uh, in return. And I think it is going to be not only a race between those three teams that you mentioned, but every team that's in contention could use bullpen arms. Philly mm-hmm. could use bullpen arms. Nationals could use bullpen arms. Every team we talk about, Milwaukee, even though they got those two guys, they could add to their arms and make themselves, make it an even shorter game with the three, if you add Kimbrell to a guys they would have. So uh, it's going to be, it's, this is going to be a very interesting, now that the Cubs have lost, this is going to be a very interesting trade deadline, I believe. 
And last thing on the day, and I'm not bringing it up because I want to, but because our producer, Dylan Burns, just desperately needs to hear something positive. The Major League Draft happened this last week, and it's still taking place. (laughs) And which draft prospect are you most excited for? Considering the fact that I do not pay attention to high school baseball throughout the country, I don't know who the top 100 prospects are. However, there is one guy who got drafted, who could help out his major league team very soon. And that is Kamar Rocker out of Vanderbilt. He could help the Mets as soon as this season. We could get our hands on a Finnegan situation in Kansas City in 2016. Yeah, I mean, listen, it it very well could be one of those type of situations. It's a very rare thing where a guy can come up uh, after being drafted in the same season and have the kind of success that is needed. Uh, but the Mets may be desperate enough to where they got to go that route. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'm much like you. I, I don't know much about the guys who were drafted. I'm learning as as their names come off the board. Uh, but, you know, you look at you look at him and Leiter. Those are the two big names, at least I think most big leaguers were uh, – big league minds were, were watching because uh, those are the guys who, whose names kept popping up everywhere. So you're clearly familiar with, with Rocker and Leiter. We'll see if Rocker can get a chance to do it. It'll be a feat that uh, not very many guys have pulled off. Well, you'll know they're excited about it in Queens so much so that there's already a billboard for Kamar Rocker up in Queens right now. And it just has a picture of him and it says The Rock. They're already calling him The Rock. He was drafted yesterday. <laughs> Leave it to Mets fans to jump off the jump out the window on a draft pick. Oh, poor Mets fans. I love them, but it's sad. <laughs> Oh, Dylan, I'm sure he is loving hearing this right Possibly. now. Possibly. <laughs> well, guys, as always, it's been a killer show. Tony, where can people find you? You can find me at Tony Gwynn Jr. on Twitter. And you can find me at Decker6. Guys, most importantly, follow the show, subscribe, like, share the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That's Big Time Baseball, Odyssey Sports. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, me, Cody Decker, Tony Gwynn Jr., as always, we'll see you next week. Be safe out there and root for whatever team you want to root for because it doesn't matter. The Dodgers are probably winning the World Series. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for us, guys. We'll see you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.